I wouldn't want to date anybody that handcuffs me to a desk after when I'm on psychedelic substances, but that's just me, you know? Yeah. Pals and gals, and welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. Riverdale. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. This is your favorite Riverdale fan podcast hosted by two funny people who are too old to be watching the show. If you like what you're hearing, you can uh, subscribe to our podcast. That's definitely the best thing to do. And you can also follow us on social media, interact with us. We love it when you all do that. Uh, Kate, oh, today we're covering the musical episode from season five, next to normal. (laughs) Kate is already making a face over the Zoom, which is more than appropriate. But before we get into it, any big Riverdale cast fan news for this week? The biggest news is that KJ is now a father. Yes, KJ Appa had his baby. Yes, named Sasha. Mm -hmm. I don't it's cute. I don't, I have like no other information. Best of luck to KJ into his adventures as a father. Yeah. He seemed like a nice young man when I met him several years ago. So onwards to fatherhood with him. And then uh, (laughs) the other news, have you watched many scenes of Newark yet? No, I'm not a Sopranos guy. I didn't have to watch a ton of it, but my friend had tickets to like an early screening. So I saw it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, a lot to say about it that is very confusing but i would recommend watching it at home and not because it's bad (laughs) but like still watch it at home but like it's very good but like watch it at home but um there is in it a lovely little jughead reference Mm -hmm. very tiny um and then when i was talking with my friends afterwards we would like talk about it and then change the subject and then like consistently keep coming back because it's a very confusing movie uh, but not plot-wise. It's an easy plot to follow. There's a lot going on. But um, <laughs> one of the guys there, like, kept comparing the visual to Riverdale. That's interesting. Like, they were in Vancouver, but just, like, the picture editing and, like, retouching, which was bad, as was the sound mixing. But, like, it had, like, overall not just a Riverdale aesthetic, but, like, the people looked Riverdale-ish. hmm Like if Riverdale were a bunch of Italians in New Jersey, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was very, once he said that, it made a lot of sense, but it is a very interesting comparison. Yeah. uh, Might not stand out as much on TV, which is why I'm saying watching at home. (laughs) Sure. I I think that um, definitely the more and more is coming out of Vancouver, the more and more those productions have their own uh, aesthetic. So yeah. it doesn't totally surprise me. I can always tell when a CW show is set in Vancouver or, or mm-hmm. shot in Vancouver, but I haven't made that leap to other networks yet, but I'm sure that's going to start happening, especially with the way the production is going in this context. Yeah. And I will say we only figured out that it was like, we assumed it was genuinely part of New Jersey until they thanked Canada at the end of the credits. Yeah. And you were so. like, oh, thank you, Canada. Mm, yeah Vancouver mm. yeah but whoever like edit like it feels at some point like they 
like James Gandolfini's son in it is in it and he looks a lot like him doesn't sound like him which is a big problem um (laughs) because he grew up wealthy but he like it seems like sometimes they like superimpose like part of James Gandolfini's face onto his son's face oh I hate it but like also maybe his son just looks like that and like Riverdale sometimes has that vibe yes agreed (laughs) any other big news big Riverdale news (laughs) that's all I got well, then let's get into it. Let's get into talking about the musical episode from the season, not to be confused with the other musical episode we already had this season, which was yep. much better, which yep. is sort of a mishmash jukebox musical, which is the Josie and the Pussycats episode from several episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Now we have this next to normal episode. Yeah, it is the penultimate episode of the season, but you know, season six starts in like a month. Yes. Um, much to but- our chagrin, I might add. I will say that my first thing I wrote, like, I knew I was like, it's next to normal. And then I was watching it, like, kind of first thing in the morning, and my brain erased that. So the first thing I did write was, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, boy. Uh, I am going to say, sort of first impression, something I just want to bring up, is that uh, former guest of the show, Bethany Bowles, texted mm-hmm. me after watching this episode and said that she has never been more angry at this show. It was angering and confusing. Very much so. Very much so. Angering, confusing, uh, a real square peg round hole issue with the musical numbers. Oh, yeah. And then, and then when there w- weren't the musical numbers, the scenes that involved talking just sort of a lot of stuff happened that was like actually totally fine for the show in my opinion like 90 percent of it um yeah so yeah you know and definitely sort of watching it my notes were more about the plot moves that were happening not during the musical numbers because the musical numbers felt like uh sort of a, a lag on the episode as opposed to being furthering the plot 90% of the time, I would say. You it know? felt like they picked the musical not having any idea where the episode was going to go. And like, this is what they had the rights to. So they really had to like jam it in. It's very Alice he- heavy, which is lovely. But the song, sh- like they had to make a total plot up. Yeah. Yeah. Around the songs, which was yeah. seemed really hard for them. Like and then we just- haven't built up. It's not going to follow. Like just real... Just addressing the fact that this was an episode that primarily was about a a mother grieving, Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't feel that it was being a musical episode did it any services. No. Uh, Especially because, like, uh, Made in Amchek is great on the show. And, you know, this isn't a slight against her, but, like, she's not the best singer. Once again, like, it, it didn't feel like they were making light of uh exploring grief on the show it felt like they didn't know how to explore grief on the show yeah and it felt like they realized like so in the show next to normal which we're gonna spoil because i read the wikipedia i didn't even see it i've Um, seen next to normal i've seen it i'm an next to normal expert i've seen it and i vaguely remember it from when i saw it luckily i recently read the wikipedia yeah um (laughs) so she in the show right it's a grieving mother and she's interacts with like the ghost of her son 
she's mm-hmm. kind of, it's he's not a ghost he's just like a who she's seeing yeah it's her and it's so, a mem- it's a memory slash right. a, a mental health issue yeah so yeah. they kind of try that with alice but they're also stuck in that like they kind of did the same thing two episodes ago with a different character it just like it felt like they realized that but they tried to lean in anyway because they kind of know they stepped on their own feet uh, no. The fantasy, but, the fantasy perceptions of these two characters of Polly and of Charles. And then also Charles being in this episode, I certainly understand dramatically why he would be in this episode. But I also was kind of like, we haven't seen him in a long time and having him back also felt a little off to me. But you like to have Charles in the episode, but know how. <laughs> yeah, well. He is a child, her child, as opposed to Hal. But yes. it felt like to me, they the musical's about a son that passed. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like it's easy enough to shift all that to a daughter. But some of it, they were just like, I don't know how to make this about a girl, but we really like the song. So I guess Charles will be yeah, here. So in here is uh, this actor dressed like as like a like classic Archie Comics character, basically. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know just very strange and jarring in maybe not the way that they wanted just seeing him sort of portrayed like that after everything that we've known about him through the Mm -hmm. rest of the series that he's been in so that was odd all right so let's get to our plot recap (laughs) no no no, but that was good I thought that was a good way to sort of start us off that's sort of how we were feeling yeah it's a good primer so my my first note is that they mentioned that like they ask how the twins are doing with their mother dying and the answer is like they're fine which is the most psychotic thing and didn't they like was that imagined or were they like a little murdery earlier in the season they were and if they just make the twins evil it's pretty boring after what they've done already with jelly bean yeah on it's the show boring, but also if they like jelly bean was never gonna hurt the people she was just trying to scare people yeah a little trick yeah and i feel like if they really lean into this in like a well done like horror movie way like a korean like horror movie where it's always like small children haunting them yeah i think it could be really fun sure uh yes but they have agreed. to they have to go for it yeah they, they have to really go for it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah i agree like it really needs to be the driving force of season six yeah. and that's the end of the show is these little kids running around killing everybody on the show yeah and they team up with that like weird jason doll cheryl made yes the jason doll comes to life that would be awesome yep. yeah yeah <laughs> um, so, and then i wrote oh they're not even going to set up next to normal yeah and then i wrote this song does not apply to the coopers <laughs> i just want to say before we get to the musical number and we get into that that there is that part just addressing the twins where Cheryl's like, they've been asking where their mommy is. And Cheryl said to them, Oh, she's in a place that's very beautiful. And then they're waiting for her to come home. And so Cheryl's basically, I certainly understand that it's not Cheryl's job to tell her cousins that her mother has died, that Mm -hmm. their mother has died. But that being said, it feels like it's just Cheryl kind of lying to these 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 young kids when yeah, you got to tell them, you know? 
it's interesting because saying they're in a be- saying Polly's in a beautiful face pl- face place is it's a good thing to say, but you have to like qualify it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and once again, I don't blame Cheryl. It's not Cheryl. For this. Yeah. I blame Cheryl's the writing as just being like, like let's rush through the things that are that are actually really hard about this entire situation. Yeah, you know? and they had to like suddenly set Cheryl up as recently taking kids in. Yes. So there. So she they were is. like, I guess she's around the twins. I guess. Yes. <laughs> Very odd. So <laughs> then we get this first musical number where I found it hugely jarring, and the only thing I really want to say about it is that that's clearly not the actor who plays Charles singing absolutely not I think Maiden is singing and I think that Lily is singing but that's kind of it um yeah and I wrote at no one on the show has rhythm like we had that little shot before us the other week where the clapping got weird and that felt but like this felt like just they couldn't find the beat (laughs) totally Like, well, this didn't feel not, like weird editing. They're this not was musical just theater like... actors other than Casey Cott. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, I don't want to do too many comparisons, but yeah, the episode last year that was the Hedwig episode was also messy in a lot of ways, but Casey Cott was able to carry it a little better than this, right? Well, like, when, weren't we kind of missing we, him? When we get there, it is very clear that they suddenly remembered that. And like shove Kevin into the episode. <laughs> I have in my notes multiple times. Where's Kevin in this episode? This is the musical episode. Where's and Kevin? They're not going to use him. And then when he shows up, he's like, "We'll get to it. We'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah." <laughs> so then uh, Ronnie and Archie decide to live together, mm-hmm. and then they because they need to write what they need to write for the show. Yeah. Archie makes this call that Ronnie goes along with for Ronnie to go live with all of Archie's roommates who we've been wondering who's living in the house over the last few episodes. So this confirms it. It's still Juggy and uh, uncle. Yeah. And Eric at Eric, who isn't in this episode. He's somewhere else. Who who though, I believe has been in a Tony award winning musical. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) But he can't be singing in this episode. Not original cast, but I think he was like eventually in Spring Awakening. Like, I wonder if he was like, I wonder if he was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm a music leader this, actor. I'm not interested in doing this kind of television work. Like, yeah, like he's interested in going back to Broadway. Maybe I'm sure he is. <laughs> as our most actors, yeah, I can't be. Wow, in this. I didn't know that, Kate. That's a great bomb for our listeners. I love that. Wow. And honestly, there, there's a chance it, that whatever musical he was in closed after a week, but he was on Broadway. Yeah, and if you <laughs> if you are, it's not a bearing on you as a performer 90% of the time. I'm using mm-hmm. 90% this week a lot. I apologize to my listeners. It's the third time I've used it. Most of the time, if you're on Broadway and your show closes, it's not your fault. <laughs> It's usually yeah. a, not a great show and it, it doesn't quite pull itself together. And musicals are really hard, dude. You know, like it is yeah. what it is. So don't fault him. Was, I'm starting to think he was maybe in Dear Evan Hansen. Oh boy. Ooh. He looks like it, right? He does look like he would be in Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. 
So anyway, <laughs> anyway, so then he's not in this episode, but we get Uncle Frank and Jughead in this episode who apparently have just a great roommate relationship that we've never seen before now. Yeah, doing which, great. Which is hysterical. But we um, also sort of figure out Jughead doesn't live in the house. He lives in the garage. Yes, but he's decked out the garage and it looks really pretty. I want to live it does. in the garage. It looks lovely. Yeah. Anyway, so then um, uh, we get into this Brita, you know, this Brita plot, which has come back for a second episode, which I appreciate because I thought yeah, we'd never that- hear from her again. We find out that she's been living in the closet Jughead used to live in. That's right. That's right. And so, she's been she's been kicked out of the house because yeah. she's gay. Uh, and that's fine. We'll get to Britta later because I felt like there were some lost opportunities with Britta that I want to get into later on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so then um, <laughs> we have that song about the mountain. And, I didn't even write when songs happened. Well, they just had to shoot. I just want to point out they had to shoehorn in this mountain analogy, and they did it by Alice saying, "We went skiing once, remember?" <laughs> and then they sing this whole song, and it's very emo and has very little to do with anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, the next thing. So, I did write down about this song. Now that I'm looking at this. Betty tells Alice it's time to, like, move on. And, like, it's very early in the process to suggest that. Well, you know, as as this show goes, it's not really handling any sort of mental processes properly. Because right. it would be kind of cool to see her flipping back and forth between stages of grief, which is how it works, and would be nice, very respectful of the character. But... It's Riverdale, baby. So instead, it's time for Alice to move on from her daughter dying, being murdered. You know, time for yeah. her to move on. So then uh, we meet Tabitha's parents, who, and the father, I do not believe for a moment was raised by Pop Tate. That's the thing. I was like, was he in Riverdale the whole time? Was he there at the same time as all these parents and they like didn't hang out with him because he was like the one sensible kid who was like, yeah, I gotta leave. Maybe. <laughs> because I don't know. I'm sorry. Pop is one of those characters that everybody's had a lot of respect for on the show. Yeah. And totally I get if this guy was like, this isn't for me running this diner. I have other interests. But mm-hmm. I would imagine that he would have had a pretty good relationship with his father who seemed pretty chill especially with young people yeah so it was this was definitely a bit of a okay this is a plot that is quite forced Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and then tabitha (laughs) makes jughead her boyfriend yeah and jughead cut on pretty quick which is like good for him but this was it, it was never clear to me why this was a thing Oh, yeah. Well, it it was just a way to get them together on the show properly. (laughs) Yeah. Which is fine. Um, You know, it could have happened different ways. I wouldn't want to date anybody that handcuffs me to a desk after when I'm on psychedelic substances, but that's just me, you know? Yeah. I wrote, they sing a song here. I don't think that's Cole Sprouse. I don't think it's Cole either. And once again, it's a song that really grinds the episode to a halt. Yeah. 
Uh, and then the piano scene. I, so I was, did, do I have to watch this? Yes. Well, that's a real Kate thing to watch during any musical episode of this show. <laughs> but just, yeah, like they forced that in. And then uh-huh. we have the scene, and I thought that this was kind of awkward writing as well. The scene with, I understand that it was a Mother's Day dinner that they were bringing Tabitha's mom to, but then like one scene later, it's Jughead at, at dinner with Archie and Frank and Ronnie. And it made mm-hmm. me think that Jughead was skipping the dinner because just because it was like, well, it's Jughead at another dinner. Like, Yeah. So that, that seemed a little odd. And so weird. And then, you know, then first time mentioned properly in the whole season, apparently there's still firemen. Right? Yeah. Like that comes back out of nowhere. There's still firemen. And then what was with, they leave because they're firemen. Jughead's at the table with Veronica when did they start having such an adversarial relationship where they can't sit and have a conversation with each other? Something that I actually really like about Riverdale is in the comics, Jughead and Veronica pick at each other. And I find it kind of tiresome and don't think that they're actually natural enemies in any way. Like the two characters, like it's never made a lot of sense to me. And on the Mm -hmm. show, they've often had moments where they're working in tandem with each other. They're quite supportive of each other. So I didn't really understand where this came from, why they couldn't have a talk with each other. Like where, where, why is the mutual respect gone? It was so weird. And like, they wanted to get to like Veronica being sad, not being in like a fancy home, but it didn't, like it felt out of place with Veronica. Like I feel like she prefers that type of thing, but she also like appreciates like a yep. simpler and it definitely well, this was once again square peg round hole to get to this plot point that they wanted to do, which was also mm-hmm. quite tiresome that we'll get to. And then we have a whole fucking solo song from Camilla Mendez. And it yeah. is very thin. No, once again, she's so great. I love her. She's a great actor, but like they're just forcing these actors to just sing, 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 sing. Ouch. Yeah, I don't even exactly know where we are right now in my line of notes. Um, <laughs> but have we talked about like, oh, or are we to the point with Cheryl and Penelope like fighting? No, that's coming up. <laughs> okay, let me know when we're there. That's what I got next. <laughs> yes. So then we have the scene where I just want to point it out for a moment where. Betty brings out Polly's ashes for Alice. And like, I thought that this had like the right amount of gravitas until it sort of didn't anymore. <laughs> like they kind of, they kind of went over it pretty quickly. But then we learn that to make everybody feel better, they're going to go into the city to see a Broadway, <laughs> which is a great idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. You're in mourning, go see a Broadway, go. Go into the city, see a Broadway. A Broadway. A Broadway. Probably go see, probably go see Wicked because that's like the one thing everyone comes to see. And then, you know, it's wonderful when she, she flies off the stage and sings Defying Gravity. It's wonderful. I love Your it. Your accent was a little rough in there. It really was a little rough. It you like the... definitely turned like kind of British. Oh no, I didn't mean to, you know. You know, I just sound like a lady from Long Island that loves Broadway. You sound like Snagglepuss. <laughs> Even. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> so then, um, <laughs> then we have the scene with Jughead and Frank in the bathroom together, which is mildly homoerotic. Just want to point that out. Veronica is furious because she was going to come in and seduce Archie. Like, when did Veronica also become such a tight ass that she can't deal with any of this? It wasn't Veronica. It was a spooky ghost. (laughs) You you mean like a spooky ghost version of Veronica? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, all of a sudden, she's this, like, weird tight ass, which we haven't seen all season. All season, she's been pretty dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then, then we get the scene with Penelope and Cheryl having a little fight where yeah. basically Penelope says, well, your ministry, blah, blah, blah. And my ministry, no, no, no. And I was like, there were two ministries this whole time. That's what I was thinking. And like, she was like, oh, you ran all your like followers away. And I'm like, oh, so we just, we just like haven't been seeing Penelope's, but like, it's just always the same people in those scenes. Yeah, sure is. Where's Kevin in all of this? Why didn't they sing here? (laughs) Instead, Cheryl sings at her mother and throws holy water at her. And there's like a burning sound every time the holy water lands on her mom. (laughs) So, wow. I'm on to Reggie. Like, what? It was fine with Reggie. Reggie decides to become a licensed stockbroker. Why was Veronica so confused? Yeah, it seems like something he would want. Yeah, it didn't seem like, and it, it's not like ruining her life in any way. No, it's certainly not. <laughs> uh, no, but she was into helping him study, which is nice. Yeah. Do you feel, let's talk about this now. Do you feel like by the end of the episode, they're trying to set up Veronica and Reggie rekindling their their romance? It, it feels like about time. Like, it feels like they've really been, like, kind of chugging along to there. Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, they give each other a look during that final number that makes me yeah. think that it's going to happen. And I'm like, all right, fine. That's whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then um, they're going to go see a, a Moulin Rouge, which is lovely. Yep. And then they're going to go. They have a reservation at Smarties. Yep. They have a reservation at Smarties. But then <laughs> the two ghost children come and Charles, Charles's verse of this is a little sexy, uh, seductive towards Alice. And that's totally gross. And here's another thought. Is Charles dead? No, I think he's in, in the clink to my memory. Right. Yeah. So that like sets us up weird because like psychologically it's fine and totally makes sense but i'm also like is are we supposed to think polly's a ghost are we supposed to like are we supposed to think alice is seeing ghosts or is she seeing just like visions like it's i I thought i assumed the entire time but maybe that's just because i've seen next to normal that these are manifestations in her brain of what's going on and manifestations of her grief. So that, that for me worked, that was fine. Like that was the least of my concerns with this mess, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) and then we get to this point where Alice feels that 
that Polly is dead because of Betty, which mm-hmm. is like a very Riverdale thing to say and happen. Um, and we know it's going to get resolved by the end of the episode, and it is. So yep. great. Yeah. And then we get the scene in the car with Tabitha's dad, where he doesn't want Jughead to come to the dinner. Yeah, he says not incorrectly that Tabitha is out of his league. Yes. But it also was like, it was rough. And then we get the best line of the entire series. Is it going to be what I was going to point out? What is it? (laughs) um, Jughead says to Tabitha's dad, you remind me of Hiram Lodge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tabitha says, dad says, I don't know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) And then just to hammer the nail in the coffin says to Jughead and Bethany pointed this out to me. I missed it. So uh, I'm just glad she texts this to me. He says to him, take a Swella Greeno for when you go, you know, when you go. (laughs) So first of all, Swella Greeno, moi, chef's kiss. This podcast is brought to you by Swellagrino. You want some bubbly water? Get a Swellagrino. It's in a little glass bottle. Might be green. Swellagrino. Proud sponsor of XOXO Riverdale. <laughs> so, so that's that scene. Yeah, but that is amazing. You remind me of Hiram Lodge. He says, I don't know what that is. It's great. And it goes back to like, he was around when Hiram was, it felt like. Yeah, but he, like, he's forgotten. He doesn't care, you know? He doesn't care about there Hiram. Was, there was a murder in front of his father's restaurant involving this person. Yep. But, like, you know, what are, what are memories? Yeah, what are memories when it comes to the plot moving along of the but, show? But, like, I'm not even mad because his delivery of, I don't know who that is. Oh, it was great. and also like about time like it was incongruous with his incongruous with like the part where he lived like he grew up in Riverdale but like someone needed to say that at some point in this show yes (laughs) it's a pretty rocking everyone is just assumed to know Hiram Lodge and everyone does yeah and it's about time someone was like who the fuck who is this yeah he uh, killed a dog lord so then veronica and archie decide to have a check-in yeah where veronica says to archie what's your five-year plan uh-huh and you know what i'm gonna say in the whole scope of this episode i appreciated the way this was written and the way this was played this felt yes. grown up and appropriate and like they had a lot of mutual respect for each other Mm -hmm. so gonna say that was good and we sort of reinforce this idea that Archie's just never gonna leave Riverdale Mm -hmm. and maybe Veronica isn't, isn't up for that and I think that's fair I think that's fair uh, yeah. And then also, I want to point out that Veronica is in bed doing a crossword puzzle. <laughs> they sunk into their relationships of living together so fast. Real fast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, then we get the Kevin scene. Oh, you jumped a little in here. Oh, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, we missed that Cheryl decides to take in Britta. 
Or she doesn't even decide. It's like Fangs and Tony are trying to figure out what to do. And Fangs says, I know someone. I think Cheryl's been hanging out with kids. (laughs) Because she kind of like babysat her cousin's kids once. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's like it just happens. Like Cheryl never agrees to it. <laughs> well, Cheryl does. Cheryl does say, "I do think this is a good idea, and thank you for coming to me." She says something yeah. to that effect. Okay. Uh, and, and then th- Kevin and then comes then in. Kevin, and then they give Casey Cott a song that he just screams through, <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, maybe that's why he wasn't in this episode." But like, think of what an easy fix changing the key is. Yeah, like he's just like. <laughs> belting for this whole time and he does it all at one like at one tone and it's so annoying it's so bad and like there was just like betty was like confiding in him about her mother but it was also like this is like the relationship they had before the show started that we never saw but they sometimes talked about how they used to be real close that's correct like it was so clear that it was like the only reason she's talking to Kevin and not Veronica is that they wanted Casey Cott to be in that episode. Yeah, time for Casey Cott to sing a loud song. Yep. Uh, and, <laughs> and then we have that song that's shared by all the women where mm-hmm. they're, it's like that they're all falling and yeah. it didn't make any sense. Nope. And then I just want to say Cole Sprouse in a suit, very cute, mm-hmm. very cool blazer that they put him in, which I liked a lot. And then, first of all, he's late. We yeah. don't know why he's late. He has no excuse. It's just for the song to work. He's late. Yeah. And then they run away from the dinner. Which is rude as well, which also happens in La La Land. And I hate it when people run away from dinners. Don't do that. Don't do that. It makes me dislike you immediately as a character. I hate it. <laughs> so then they run away, They, you know, and then they're in Jughead's garage room and the set dressing is awesome. That's it all. Did, it's like, for, like they went there and I didn't realize it was in the garage at first. And I was like, is he like? at that movie theater again yes i was confused I was as like, well yeah and i was like you know i think this is archie's garage because i remember he'd been in the bathroom but also like he may just have come over in the middle of the day if he lived at the movie theater so well i think the movie theater got hours, torn like, down i think hiram tore it down yeah okay yeah but it was like <laughs> i was not sure where he was at first. totally no it's the first time we've seen that set and also <laughs> I guess it's only a two-bedroom that house, but it looks like it should have more than two bedrooms. Agreed. Especially with how small Archie's room is. Definitely Archie's little little teenage boy room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then <laughs> Cheryl, <laughs> there, uh, something happens. Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. But we learn that Cheryl, oh, yeah, 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 like does have the capacity for love. I think it's a conversation between Fangs and Tony. So I wrote Cheryl's taking in Britta, I guess, but yes. I was looking at an email and I wrote here, wasn't watching in parentheses. Yes. So, yeah. Um, no, I think this is Cheryl agreeing to take in Britta, 
But like Cheryl having a capacity for love. Yes. I'd like to see that explored more because I liked Cheryl in a relationship with Tony earlier on in the series and felt it balanced out the character and made the character more believable. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So my hopes for Cheryl and Britta moving forward, uh, which they haven't done yet. I want Cheryl to start dressing Britta like her. And I want her to be a mini Cheryl and I want Britta to get really bitchy. You saw that started to happen though. Ish. Ish. I, they said, oh, well, they already, she already has Britta in a cape. And then we don't see Britta in a fucking cape and give me Britta in a cape. This is the content I want from Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very, yeah. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. My next feel, so I have a couple notes in here first of all Archie had like no idea that Veronica was as sad as she is which is very yeah well it's also because Veronica gets very sad this episode incredibly quickly and it's done it's dealt with very you know that's why this all seems really weird uh and then yeah like I believe in Archie's capacity to grow and change. And I believe in them being able to compromise and figure out a way to make their lives work. But the show doesn't want to get into that. The yeah. show wants to break them up for the drama of it when they only really got technically back together last episode, which mm-hmm. is just like, ugh, come on, Riverdale. Yeah. Um, so we get this scene. I Alice like implied that she was dying and then like was very much like... No, I'm just sad. (laughs) Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Very weird. And then we get Betty sacrificing her life. Like Betty's like giving up all of her other aspirations to like basically stay with her mother in Riverdale, which is not not in it. Yeah, it was very different from the beginning of the episode when she told Alice to just move on. That's true. But I guess Betty has come to terms with the fact that her mother shockingly is sad that that Polly was murdered. Shocking. Shocking news yeah. to everybody. And then we have uh, that song. Alice apologizes. She sings a song and there's a line that I just want to point out where Alice says dancing with death and she's holding the urn and kind of the ashes and rocking it back and forth. And that's awful. Um, and then they sing this song that is really the only song that I think actually makes sense for the two characters, which is the next to normal title song. And I wrote, that's pretty like, that makes sense that they would want to find a way to make it work with their strange family situation. Great. Mm-hmm. Good job making that work, Riverdale. You made one of all the songs in this episode work properly. Yeah. Then we get this memorial that is mentioned that it seems like they're coming back from. And I was like, oh, I want to see the memorial. Come on. Uh, And we'll get to that. So they flip it around weirdly. So then the memorial ends the episode, although the memorial is being talked about during this whole act. Yeah. Um, uh, and then what, what do you think about this whole development with Tony and Fangs? I hate it. <laughs> it feels like, I mean, and not just because I like them with other people, which I certainly do. Yeah, where's that, Moose? Like, 
where's Moose? Where's Kevin? Where's literally anyone? But like, what's weird to what I don't like is that they were co-parenting, not in a relationship with this kid and making it like really work. And this is just like, nope, they got to be married. Yeah, it seems to be married to have a kid. On one hand, it seems to be making it more heteronormative what's happening. On the other hand, it's totally okay for the show to show people who identify as bisexual as like falling in love with different people, you know, so it's a little, it's sort of a, it's complicated, I think, like, we'll see how they handle it. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, if they handle it well, I'm cool with it, but it's Riverdale, so (laughs) not holding my breath. (laughs) Yeah, I, and then like, I, and then I wondered, so like, they have a little, we keep seeing the uh, manifestations in Alice's head. I like Archie was having that happen last episode and they just dropped that. Totally. Archie's done with it now. It was just like, it's just what Now it's time I for wrote, the like, manifestations to, to be in, in Alice's head. Yes. Yeah. Very weird. And then there's the, the final number, which weaves a whole bunch of stuff together mm-hmm. where we see Britta with, with Cheryl for the first time uh-huh. and Britta is I, I know we're saying that Britta's sort of becoming a mini Cheryl but like this look on Britta just sort of looks makes her look kind of marmy I feel like a school mar more than fabulous the fabulousness of Cheryl personally. it felt like they were trying to like not quite one up Cheryl while making her mini me and it just they didn't know how to do it like it was just the wrong like it was just like a little bit off from what it needed to be. Yeah. Like, or like even just like their different body shapes. Like, I feel like it would have worked better on Cheryl, not because like Cheryl's like thinner or anything, but I just like, they had different shoulders. And it was of like, course. Yeah. 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 We've talked about that before on the show. Sometimes uh, just to address, I've been thinking about this, something flipped with the way they were thinking about, the clothes they were giving uh, Lily Reinhardt this season. And mm-hmm. I think she's looking excellent. I thought she's looked very good the last, you know, this, this string of episodes since the hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes wardrobe on the show can't, can't quite figure out how women are shaped. And I think that's yeah. what's happening with Britta here. Yeah. Yeah. This and, is and- when I noticed there was no Hiram. Yeah, for the whole episode, them. which is great. Yeah. Don't mind that at all. And then, you know, we have this memorial final scene. Hold on. Right before it, there's, like, Fangs sings to Tony. And I believe that that was that actor singing and that it wasn't good, but, like, he went for it and it was, like, my favorite, like, the most I've enjoyed a musical from the show. Yeah. With him just, like, let's do it. Well, he's he's a really he's really into being on the show you can tell yes and that's yeah. great <laughs> and he's and but he was still like they were and he, he gets into it which is they, great yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah then we have the funeral scene yes what is cheryl wearing in this so inappropriate yeah inappropriate totally <laughs> but and then the the closing the closing number is a pretty song. Yeah, that was sort of my opinion about next to normal in general. Was that just watching the show? Is I understand why a lot of people uh, identified with it and why they liked it, mm-hmm. but for me, 
it wasn't really my kind of musical and thought it kind of fell into that genre of generic rock pop musical theater score sound. Yeah. And I thought some of the songs in it were like quite well-written and pretty, but didn't really hit me in my heart. And that's kind of how I felt about like most of the stuff in this as well, the way they did it. I was like, okay, I remember these songs. That's fine. Great. Great. Good job. Next to normal. I did like that. There was that picture of them in front of the next to normal poster. Like I thought that was actually kind of touching to be honest. It was nice with Lily's big like NYC bag to make it clear. Yeah. Like, like New York, cute New York musical theater tourists, which is like something that I, identify with you know and I'm sure the writers of the show do as well and the actors you know Mm -hmm. yeah all right that was the episode yep (laughs) oh man all right uh who's on your power list I wrote no one sure no (laughs) one has any autonomy in this episode I wrote Betty Tony's dad Cheryl (laughs) why not (laughs) who was on your crush list I have only two. Okay. And it was Fangs and Jughead. Yeah. Our lists are very similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jughead, because they dressed Mm -hmm. him so nice. Fangs, Mm because he was looking very cute in the episode. And I loved the commitment to the singing, totally. Yeah. And then I had Polly just for her fun uh, Riverdale look, her, her, her Archie Comics look that they gave her. Yeah. And also, you know, farewell to that character and farewell to that actor, because this is Maybe. probably going to be it. Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> she was standing next to Charles. It... So next week is the season finale, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is called, in all capitals, Riverdale, parentheses, R.I.P. <laughs> we can only wish... It is. No, I'm what I'm saying is we can only wish that this will be the end. Oh, yeah, 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 that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks to our editor, Angeli Mercado. And our theme songwriter, Louie Aronowitz. <laughs> and we'll be back for the season finale of season five next week. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, su- subscribe to us on the podcast of your choice. Uh, it's been a blast, Kate. As always. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. Bye. Bye.